This is a Culture Inject production. The Nevers Podcast presents In Conversation With I'm joined by George Dawson, who is uh, plays Arthur Twimble, which is Dr. Edmund Haig's, played by Dennis O'Hare's assistant. George Dawson is an actor from Hertfordshire in England. He trained at Identity Acting School and can currently be seen starring alongside Dennis O'Hare in The Nevers. George plays Arthur Twimble, who is Dr. Edmund Haig's assistant. So welcome to the show, George, and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, so tell us, was acting something you were always interested in pursuing? Yeah, um... It's hard for me to pinpoint exactly, but ever since I was around six years old, I did a lot of amateur theatre and plays at school and that kind of stuff. And I realised from a very young age that I loved acting and it was absolutely the number one, if not basically the only thing that I wanted to do in my life and really take seriously as a career. So that's always been my goal. The interesting thing is when I was when I was younger I thought I was going to go down the musical theatre route because I also really do love musical theatre and I can sing but my dancing is shocking <laughs> so I it's okay but it, it's not anywhere near the level you need to be for um for that kind of thing so I decided and I, I and I'd done a lot of I'd done a few short films and I really enjoyed the atmosphere and the experience because I found musical theatre was a bit too intense. Um, and I found that when I did short films, it was a lot more enjoyable for me personally. Although I do want to, um, I do, want to um, do plays and maybe the odd musical theatre, you know, if the right one comes along where the, the dancing isn't too, too intense. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, um, but mainly, yeah, following the... the more pure acting roots. So I think we've just you touched on it a little bit there anyway, but how exactly did you start acting and what then was your first acting job that you actually got? Yeah, I mean so I started um I did this thing called stagecoach every weekend. I mean probably the first acting thing I ever did was probably at school, I would imagine. Um it's hard to remember. So it's a while now. <laughs> um but um yeah I would imagine it was at school. I remember the first decent part I got was in uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I played. Oh, so I can't remember the name now, but it was one of Joseph's brothers, and then I had a I had a singing solo. That was sort of the first proper acting role I got, I guess, ever in my life. And then I got another decent one playing Nicely Nicely Johnson in Guys and Dolls. But I mean, the Nevers for me was kind of. The first, what I would call, like, really, really good um, job, obviously. Um, but in terms of paid job, I did a short film called The Honeymakers. And I had a small role in that with a couple of lines. And I guess I would say that was my first proper job. Yeah, that was 2019, I think. And then also around then, I did it. I, I have, well, I, I have a feature film coming out at some point. I'm waiting on that to come out, but. It's been in development for a while, so we'll see. Hopefully this year. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately everything's been kind of pushed back a bit, hasn't it, the last year or so, with everything that's been going on. 
So you just touched on that this is your first kind of, you know, big job. What does it feel like being cast in, in such a high profile show on a major network like HBO? I mean, yeah, it was amazing. I remember when the, the email came in and I think it said, I think it said HBO in the email. So I'm obviously freaking out at that point because, <laughs> you know, the producer of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> like, and when I, when I got the call that I was cast, I sounded very excited on, oh, and of course it, it's cast by Nina Gold, who is of course a notorious yeah. casting director, you know, known for casting everyone in Game of Thrones and lots of other amazing, amazing projects. So those were two things that definitely fueled my excitement for sure. Um, and then I got the call from my agent and she could probably tell that I was like shaking when she was telling me that I, <laughs> I had got the role. And I remember hanging up and just, I think it was like 8.30 at night, and I just screamed at the top of my, <laughs> my lungs, <laughs> like, wow, I've done it, yeah. And what was the audition process that you had to go through, obviously, before you got the call telling you that you'd that you'd achieved the role? Yeah, so this was pre-COVID. It was still in the room auditions. It was, The first audition was, it's interesting, because the final scenes that you saw in the series, now... Full disclosure, I haven't I haven't seen the series at all because it doesn't come out here until May the seventeenth. Right. Yeah. Uh, I saw I saw um, bits of it when I did the ADR, which is like the voiceover for the for the scenes. But what you saw on the final scene, though, so if you put those two scenes together, that's that's what I did for my for my second audition mainly. And then the first audition was a little bit different, and I think it was about half the length. It's hard for me to remember exactly, but um. I think it was about half the length of that yeah so I went in there and I, I was obviously pretty nervous but yeah I went in there and I did I did what I could then I, I got back home and I waited for I think it was about a week and a half and then my agent called me saying you got a recall and I was like oh amazing cool <laughs> and they gave me a uh, they gave me a different script slightly changed scripts yeah I, I, I worked on that as hard as I could I went in there for the recall still really really nervous I remember I think it was the recall I was I was sat in a in a coffee shop having a hot chocolate beforehand just to try try and calm myself. Um, I was <laughs> I was just very very anxious. I just really wanted to do well. Um, but yeah, and then I I went in there and I did the recall. We did it in the first audition. She got me to do it. Uh, Nina Girl's assistant got me to do it two or three times with with a couple directions, which is always usually pretty pretty good news if they get you to do it multiple times. Yep. And then I think. In the recall, we probably did it about five times. Uh, yeah, and just giving me a little directions here and there. I remember the first time I did it, I mean, I messed up or she stopped me. And then um, I said, just give me a second. And then I recentered myself. And then I, I did it again and I felt much better at it. And then, yeah, and then we did it a couple more times. Okay, that's good. Because I think a lot of people worry with auditioning that, you know, you've got to nail it the first time. And it's yeah, got to well, be I perfect. Yeah, well, I thought, like, <laughs> oh, it's over. I thought, oh, well, I... I've ruined it, yeah. But I just centered myself and, and did the best job, and and luckily it was it was it was enough, yeah. Good. So you hadn't met with Nina Gold herself or Joss in any of the audition process itself. Uh, no, I never met Nina Gold ever. Only her assistant. Yeah, I'd love to meet Nina Gold one day and thank her. But um, <laughs> maybe one day we'll see. But yeah, no. So you were at home when you got the phone call and you screamed at the top of your voice. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just to, to clarify your question, it was only the assistant 
in the room for both the preliminary audition and the recall. Yeah. No one else, which surprised me. I thought the recall there would be maybe a few more people. Mm. But um, no, it was only, only the assistant the whole way. So So uh, once you, you, know, you gained the role, um, how did you then prepare yourself for the role of Arthur Twimble? That interesting link links back to your, your original question. Because um, when, when I went in for the first audition, sort of part of um, preparing for the audition and moulding the role, I guess, if you like, for me personally, I like to write diaries for the characters. So I, I made up my own story about how this character met Dr. Haig, why he met Dr. Haig, and I just wrote this down in, in a page, a page and a half diary. And that was kind of how I formed the character in my mind and how I prepared for the role, was just to, to ground um, my character in his you know, his who, what, where, why, when kind of thing. And I actually I actually gave that to the assistant when I went for the preliminary audition. I don't know if it helped, but um, that, was, that was a suggestion that was given to me by an acting friend slash tutor of mine. So that's how I prepared for the role. And um, yeah, we, just, we, we thought a lot about physicality, voice. And to be honest, I saw certain parts of myself in, in the character. Because you could tell that he was kind of nervous, not particularly confident. You know, anyone who's who's an assistant, at least at that point in their life, is is probably pretty nervous or subservient, or you know, not necessarily the most confident creature. And so, I allowed some of that, I guess, into the performance. So then, what was the the most challenging part of playing Arthur? I wouldn't say there was a challenging part of playing Arthur per se, or the assistant. Um, for me, it was just, I was just really nervous because I, this was the first time I was, I was stepping on set for, you know, a, a massive production. Yeah. And I, and while I, I think I, I felt like I had enough experience to know what to expect, but I knew there were going to be more things that I had to think about previously and, you know, m- more things to take in and more things to, to learn about. And so I was just very nervous that, there was just going to be a lot for me to, to handle that I wasn't maybe prepared for. But when I got there, I found that I was pretty much fine. Everyone was super, super friendly and lovely. All the runners were great. Yeah, and, and everyone was just there to do their best job and get the job done. I, w- I will say, though, I think that's the first time that I've performed in a room with... Maybe I was like 15 people in the, in, you know, in the room at a time. Um, you didn't feel it so much when you were in the the big, you know, the the massive area with the with the the blue thing in the middle. You didn't feel it so much then because people were more spread out. But when you were in the in the you know that small lab in the first scene, you really felt it because it was a, it was a small room and you could literally see fifteen people just standing in the room. So all around you, watching it was, you work. It was much more intense, yeah. But it it was alright, yeah. So how long um, was the filming? Like, How long did you actually spend filming all of your parts for the show? The first dialogue scene, the first dialogue scene in episode two and the scene in episode one, that was all filmed in one day. So we did episode... I mean, they'd actually technically finished episode one by that point, but they knew that they had to get those scenes of Dr. Haig and me. So we filmed that scene with episode one which i think was actually longer than made it in the final cut it felt like it was much shorter in the in the final cut than it was in the fi- in originally 
we filmed that scene and we filmed the first scene from episode two where i go in and yeah tell dr haig that the boss is coming uh all on all on one day and then the scene in episode five that was two days i believe one day was i mean we didn't film we had a rehearsal day where we were seeing the set and let me tell you when we when we stepped on that set we were like wow because <laughs> it was huge and it just looked incredible yeah it was really cool although it's weird seeing the special effects in the trailer because when we were there it was just lights and we just had to pretend that there was something there <laughs> um and then obviously they've now filled it with all the special effects and it looks even more incredible but just the scale of that set was was quite mind-blowing i've never stepped on a set that was that cool so yeah the first day was rehearsals so we just rehearsed the scene not in costume just just our own clothes just ran through the scene so that we were kind of prepared more for the the next day and then the day after was when we filmed the scenes and i think we got episode two and episode five i'm trying it was either all done on the same day or it was it was it was two days but i can't remember exactly but yeah it, it, in total i did three or four filming days it, it wasn't too much so and what was it like working so closely with Dennis? Yeah, he Dennis is isn't he, is a is an incredible human being. He's obviously extremely talented. I had a lot of time to learn from Dennis and Olivia Williams. Um I had a lot of time to, to learn from them and speak to them about lots of different topics about life and acting and they were completely lovely. So Dennis is a is a character. He knows what he wants to do, and uh, he does it. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the bits that was cut from episode one was him treating me like a dishcloth and just like wiping his like wet hands on my on my uh, on my uh, assistant uh, science coat thing. So. <laughs> and uh, what was your? If you had to pick one favorite moment or memory of your time on the show? Oh, I will say. Sorry, very quickly. I will say the reason that was reason working with Dennis is quite special for me is I'm a massive fan of American Horror Story, particularly the first season. Okay. And obviously he was he was in American Horror Story, so it was it was really cool to to speak to him and to speak to him about that series in particular and and those experiences. So I was excited about that. I was going to actually I was going to ask if you was a fan of um of his or uh, Olivia Williams before. I yeah, I I I knew I knew Dennis. Um I have to say, I I don't think I've seen something with Olivia Williams in it. I might have, I just not known. You know, when you see someone in something, you don't really know who they are yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then you notice them more, and you're like, oh, they were in that thing. So I'd, I'd have to go have a look at her IMDb list. But yeah, I don't think I. Well, she was um one of the main characters of Joss Whedon's last TV show, Dollhouse. So for any kind of big Whedon fans, they'll be quite familiar with her. But I'm hoping that because she is fantastic, that um, this will have many people becoming fans of hers. So um, you've mentioned a few things that you really liked about being on set with the effects and everything like that. But um, yeah, did you have any favourite memories or favourite moments of the uh, your experience filming the show? My favourite points are obviously probably my the dialogue scenes that I did. I remember, I think they were the the riggers for rigging the camera or the the big stand thing that lifts the camera really high up in the air. Those guys were just really funny, like a real laugh. <laughs> um, like it, it was like it was like there were a couple of guys or a few guys just 
like having fun. It didn't feel like they were at work. They were just having fun, making jokes. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, it's worth mentioning uh, Dominique, who plays Beth Cassini. She's also, she's also really lovely. Yeah, I would say my best experiences were just 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 being that. Like every part of that experience, I loved. That for me, I wouldn't really say there was, you know, I, as I said, there was things like that where it's like there were funny moments and stuff like that, and that was all fun. But just to be there, I was completely honoured. And is there anything that you've taken away from your time working on the, on the Nevers that you know you're going to take into your future jobs? Obviously, this was your first kind of big experience, so I'm assuming there's quite a lot you're gonna, you know, take away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I would say to next time, unless of course it is a a <laughs> dramatically bigger role I think in general just to go in with a bit more confidence you know know that I can do this and it's not as not as scary as I thought it would be <laughs> and to, to 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 enjoy myself and just to really savor like every single moment because it's so lucky it's so lucky and special to be able to to do productions like this particularly with all of these people just at the top of their game so yeah just to really treasure it because you never know when the next one's going to come along, so <laughs> we really didn't know this time because we started filming and then the uh, the pandemic hit. So <laughs> that was a real, real blow. You know, it felt like I had really started to to reach a uh, you know a high point in my career, and I was really looking forward to 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 what was going to come from that. And um, obviously, that's obviously been massively delayed with every, everything with COVID. So it it was just a it was a stark shift from being on that set and doing all this then to like nothing <laughs> um yeah that was a hard hard pill to swallow let me tell you <laughs> so um you already mentioned before i think that you said episode five because i was going to ask if there's you know any plans for your character to return in the future so you know what episode you're going to be in already uh well we've already filmed episode five so we will be seeing you again um just touching on what you were just talking about so how so obviously, when did you wrap filming all of this? This would have been in early last year, or um, I wrapped filming March of twenty. It was around. It was March twenty twenty. Um, I mean, I didn't. I technically I didn't ever wrap because we didn't know it was a wrap at that right. time. So, <laughs> um, and I think I I don't know, but I I that was you know I hoped that I would be brought back, and they never wrapped me per se. So. You know, we'll, I, hope, I hope I get brought back and, and we'll see. I hope so. I look forward to going back and to, to, to working again and, yeah, doing more work on the Nevers. Sorry, what was, that, what was your question? Yeah, that again? was pretty much it. I'm going to, uh, I will okay. say also, um, just curiosity-wise, you know, how has it hit being an actor in the last year? You know, obviously I'm assuming you're not going to in-person auditions and that everything's online now. Have you been doing a lot of, like, online tapes and castings and things and how is that different yeah everything's been online luckily i guess i for me personally i prefer in-person auditions i much prefer the format of you know you prepare you prepare prepare you go in the room you do it you know one to three times and then it's done and over with as with self-tapes you you know you do it you ruminate over it until you know you think it's like perfect and it's just much more (laughs) much more stressful for me personally um and I, i just think I think you can get a better feel for someone in the room as well, and I think I come across well in the room, so I'm really missing in the personal auditions. Um, and I've I've had more success with in-person auditions than I have online, so 
for me personally, I, I love in the room auditions. But yeah, there was al already self-tapes were being done. Um, so I guess that helped a little bit because it wasn't like, oh, no one's ever done a self-tape before. Now it's all self-tapes suddenly. Mm. Self-tapes were already kind of a thing. But now it's exclusively just self-tapes or um, or recalls on Zoom. Like I, I had a, sh I had a, a recall for a short film and that had the casting director and the director on Zoom. Is that is that a little bit awkward, kind of, you know? I, I know, I guess in the room, it's still kind of awkward walking into a room with, with people and you're nervous and everything, but I feel like online, is it more nerve-wracking that you're going to, I don't know, accidentally hang up the call or just be a little bit more awkward than you would in person kind of thing? Yeah, I don't like it because, you know, internet connections can stutter and, and that can kind of ruin the... It can really ruin the flow. Yeah. And then also... It can just be a bit delayed online, so it can can be kind of a battle to even just have a conversation, let alone trying to act out a scene. So, yeah, it's definitely more stressful for me personally. Yeah. Um, and talking more about your career as a whole, um, you've talked about how you you know have a love of musical theatre, and now you know you've done some short films and this TV show. Where do you see yourself in the future? um you know your career going what what what's your your aims and goals is it film and tv based or would you want to dip back into theater and that if you got the chance yeah as i said earlier i absolutely want to dip back into i i do want to dip back into a bit of theater um definitely not as my my main goal is film and tv that's that's the main goal but um i think that theater is the like, there's nothing like a, a you know, a, a proper live performance where it's, you know, one night, one shot to get this right, you know, every single night, and doing it live in front of an audience is just a feeling like no other. Um, and I and I do miss that. I do miss that a lot. Um, and I remember when I saw, it was just, it was around when the just before the pandemic hit, I went to London and I saw Cyrano de Bergerac with James McAvoy, um, which is a play. And when I saw that, it was just like, it reminded me how much I missed doing plays because it was just so, it was so good. And he was so good. Yeah, ab absolutely. I, I want to do, I want to do some plays, but my main goal is definitely film and TV. You know, I want to I take it as far as I can go. I want to be at the very least a household name and I, I want to be one of the, top actors in the world i have huge aspirations <laughs> for my career and i yeah i hope it happens and i i yeah i'd like to i'd like to move to america one day that's that's the dream to live in america at least for some time well, i think you've made a very good start i think uh <laughs> this is a great thing to be involved with it seems like it's i mean at least for me um as someone who has watched it i think it's fantastic so uh um are you are you an actor uh i do uh i'm trying you know i'm i'm I didn't go to stage school or anything when I was younger. So mm -hmm. I'm in this kind of grey area where I'm kind of like, you know, how do you get an agent? And I don't know if you have any tips for anyone out there that's struggling like me. How do you find your way into the acting life without having kind of a really deep grounding in it growing up? Mm, that's a good question. The absolute, there's, there's, two, there's two absolute musts. Um, at least for where we are in the world, I, I don't know about America, so I can't I can't comment on America. But for for England or the UK, I believe you have to be on Spotlight, which is the the main industry directory for 
all the the you know the the top acting jobs. Um, and to get on Spotlight, you have to have three professional credits. Are you, are you asking in just terms of you know of getting jobs and of getting an agent, or talking in terms of actually learning acting as a craft? Uh, I suppose actually getting jobs because I feel like there's obviously a lot of um, acting groups and classes you could join. But if is it that catch twenty two where you need I suppose an agent to get jobs, but or to get on Spotlight you need professional acting credits but you can't get the professional acting credits until you've got an agent or the spotlight to get you there so you end up in this kind of area where there's never actually really a way in unless you've gone to to college or university to study and have a degree or something but a lot of people make choices later in life that they want to pursue acting Mm -hmm. and can't necessarily go back and you know study at a degree level um i mean i don't actually have a a, like I went for college and I got a diploma there in 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 uh, in musical theater and I did identity acting school which is just a part-time acting school in London which is I thought was really good for learning the craft fairly flexible so if if you can do that I would definitely do it it's tough so be prepared to you know have strong critique thrown at you and if you can't handle that then probably don't be in the industry at all but <laughs> um cause there's a lot of rejection um yep. but yeah to be honest with you Unfortunately, yeah, there is a lot of catch-22. It's, oh, well, I want Spotlight, but I don't have professional credits. Now, professional credits don't have to mean, like, the nervous, though. You can go on Star Now or Mandy and just... You just have to be paid for an acting job and then show evidence that you have been paid to act in the, in, in these projects. And then you'll be able, you, you should be able to get onto Spotlight. If you're under 20... 21... I, I can't remember now because I surpassed it. It's either 21 or 25... You, I think you can just be on Spotlight. You don't need professional credits if you're under that certain age. If you're under that age, you can just apply immediately. In terms of getting a good agent, like it's really important that you get a good agent. I'm very happy with my agent. Um, she's brilliant. And I can tell that, that she, she believes in me. And if I ever have any questions, I can call her up. And that just makes me feel like a lot more secure than I have in the past. I've been through about seven agents. <laughs> Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, there was this website. I was on a film set and I was I was talking to someone and I was saying I was struggling to find, you know, work or, you know, a good agent. He suggested this website that I think he said his, his friend had set up. So I went on there. I applied for a whole bunch of whole bunch of agencies. Now, I honestly can't remember if I applied to this agency or if she, I don't know if that was that. And then she responded to that or she just found me on the directory. The one thing that told me that she was a good agent was that she asked me to come in for, you know, an interview slash audition. I had to prepare a monologue and then we would sit down and have a chat. And every other agent until then just kind of signed me on the spot. And that might seem nice, but the fact that she wanted to see me and meet me and, and, and see what I could do told me that she, you know, really wants to make sure that she's getting good people on her books and she she takes herself seriously. So, yeah, and then... A week later, I, I got the call that she wanted to sign me, and I've been happy ever since. So, well, no, thank you for all your uh, knowledge, and you know, if anyone out there is like me or trying to get into acting, hopefully that's uh, helped them quite a lot. What was your extras experience like? Being an extra in the numbers? Yeah, I loved it. it. I think we was the kind of like the first bit of the show that they filmed. It was in July. That would have been way back in 2019. Yeah. It was ri- ridiculously hot and we was filming in the, 
this theatre in Wimbledon. Yeah, I remember the car saying it was really hot in one of the featurettes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that. Yeah, that bit. Yeah. So we did four days on the the theatre scene. Oh wow! It was it was really good though. Like you were saying, the the whole cast and the crew were all amazing. I think everyone was just super excited to be there to mm-hmm. be making, as you say, like this huge new HBO show. Yeah, we had a really really good fun. <laughs> and what did you do as your like character? So I was one of, I think it was nine people. We were supposed to be kind of like the chorus of this opera. And when we originally went, I thought that they was going to get us to mime and stuff to because they asked for people that were musicians and singers. But it turned out, when we got to the rehearsals, it turned out we didn't need to do that. Uh, we were just, you know, acting at the back. Yeah, we were just, you know, in the back of the stage, just kind of reacting to when Malady shows up. I had to mm-hmm. be scared and run off, but I did get to, I was very, very lucky. I was chosen as one of them to do a little bit of dialogue with Eleanor... Tomlinson? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I had Norton in my head, but that's James. James Norton. Eleanor Tomlinson, yes. I Oh, I have an interesting story about him, actually. But we got to do, like, Joss was just like, oh, just be talking, he just threw it in, like, on the day type thing. Just be talking about this as you're walking around here, and... I'm so excited. You can hear me say like two words very, very quietly under all this noise going on in the back of the theatre. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know it's there, so I'm happy. No one else will notice. (laughs) Sometimes main actors get like lines and you can barely hear them. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But yes, I had a great time. Um, So, yeah. Oh, um, no. James Norton. Yeah, I was just going to say about uh, James Norton. I've, um, it might shock you to know this i guess maybe i actually did extra work for a few years um just to you know pay some money and also get some experience on set and i'll say this if you're an actor and you're working on an extra set for me the 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 biggest thing that that gave me was that when i was there i was observant about what was happening on set so i was asking questions you know at the appropriate times you don't don't bother people when they're busy, but if you can tell that it's an appropriate time to just ask a question, that's what I was doing all the time, just trying to soak up all the knowledge. And I think that really helped me. You know, like I said, like I was really nervous before I stepped on the nevers, but then having all of that knowledge that I had learned during that time, I, I knew what was going on. So I, you know, I knew what a world track was. I knew what markings were. You know, I, I just, I had a lot of, of base knowledge that really helped me. And so when I was on set doing extra work, just be observant as to what's going on and ask questions and that'll really help you when you come to your, your first role because you'll understand how everything works a lot more rather than kind of being overwhelmed by everything. Mm. So um, that's one advice I would give. And when I was an extra, I did uh, Grantchester with James Norton and um, I actually, I met him and the other guy who played the cop in the show, whose name escapes me right now. And yeah, so I met him then, and he was lovely. And then when I, one of the days on the Nevers, because I think we they had two, two filming crews at the same time. And when I was in makeup, he was in makeup too. I was really hoping that I would meet him again, just because he's he's really friendly and cool. Um, and I just I think he's a really really good actor, obviously too. And yeah, and he he remembered me, so that was quite surprising. Oh, wow. And it would have been like two, three years or or four years or something. So pretty crazy but yeah <laughs> he's lovely that's good that you've had so many good experiences on set i suppose that would answer your one that that was probably one that was definitely one of my favorite experiences i guess to answer your question i just couldn't remember but 
so finishing up now, just a little bit of a fun question. Uh, what ability or power would you want uh, to have if you were one of the touched? Oh, um, I think I decided on teleporting. Uh, mainly because I'm sick of the weather in England. <laughs> it's actually all right at the moment, although it's still fairly cold. So I think that when it was, you know, rubbish weather here in England and raining and cold and awful, I think I would just teleport to, you know, America or, or New Zealand and <laughs> enjoy the weather somewhere else. <laughs> it's definitely also very helpful right now in our current climate because obviously no one's allowed to go away on holiday. So if you could teleport, it wouldn't be a problem, would it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we discussed on the last show, actually, that it's difficult, isn't it? Because a lot of them have, have turns that you can't see. So you can hide in society. But with someone like Primrose, you can't hide. You're clearly one of the touched. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And they're kind of treating her like a, an attraction to come and see and take photos. And yeah, that's just kind of mean, really. She's adorable, though. That actress is completely... She's killing, like... I mean... In the trailer, it looks like she's killing that role. So, and the the costumes are, are brilliant. I don't know if this is true, but I'm, I don't. I know that when we went, when I went for my costume fitting, they were making our costumes from scratch. And I remember walking past the rows and rows and rows of costumes that they had in this huge warehouse. So I don't know how many of them they did make from scratch, but or if a lot of them were sourced. But the, yeah, the costumes on the show are definitely amazing. Yeah, I mean, when I went in, I was. I don't know. I mean, it's possible it was made from scratch before I went there, but when I went there, the stuff was already there. So it's it's possible that they made them from scratch while I, before I was there, though, and then made some options and then decided. But uh, yeah, the, the costume designer and her assistant were lovely. Yeah. Although I will also say the um, the white cap thing that digs in, like it like digs into the bottom of my face, and that did that did hurt. I <laughs> oh, really. Yeah, it, I had I kept like vaselining it as carefully as I could without it showing just to <laughs> yeah I made the mistake the first the first time I ever did a job and I was in a corset and they're like is that all right it's not too tight and I'm like no no it's fine and then you know 12 hours later <laughs> yeah that's the thing you think at first it's fine I don't make those mistakes anymore I learned my lesson but yeah you... I don't make those mistakes you know, to speak up and say, no, these shoes are no good. You're going to have to change them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I used to just be like, oh, I'm going to be the nice person and just say it's fine. But no, not anymore. Not, not, not anymore. anymore. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I think we'll wrap it up now. It's been great talking to you. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, I, I just say it's been, lo- been lovely talking to you too. It's uh, good to meet you. So it's, it's George, G-O-R-G-E, and then T, and then Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N. S O N, um, George T Dawson, and that's Twitter and Instagram. They're the main ones. If you can bump up my Twitter and Instagram followers, I love you. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the moment my ratio is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I found. I don't know if your agent does this, but I've spoken to some actors who say that like um, they get pushed to really push their social media now. That social media, you know, is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, is that a big part of trying to? work your way up the acting ladder now like having lots of followers i like to hope not because, <laughs> because my, my social media presence isn't great but like i'm someone personally who i mean in twitter i do a bit more kind of posting whatever you know i mean i love taylor swift so i just post a lot about taylor swift <laughs> um you know movies or video games i'm interested in but i i try to mainly 
if I'm going to post, I try for it to mean something, especially on Instagram. Like I rarely post on Instagram. I'm not someone who wants to post every day about here's the lunch I had, here's the... Well, my like I'm cooking a bit now, so on my stories I'll put... Like last night I made scallops with a crunchy apple salad and I'll put that on my story or whatever just because I'm proud of it and mm-hmm. want to share it with people, maybe inspire them to cook as well. Um, but I, I'm, just, I'm just not someone who wants to tweet on Instagram constantly and maybe that's my downfall. Um, I, pref- I prefer to you know, keep like, oh, I'm in the nevers or, oh, I saw this movie and it was really good. I prefer to keep it pointed. Um, and I mean, there's, there's, there is definitely a little bit of that, of a push to improve and, and upgrade your social media presence. But um, I, don't, I don't think it matters as many as much as people think it does. Mm. Um, I think, I think, I think it matters just for me, you know, I've had, I have no social media presence and I still managed to get like a, a good role. So I think getting a good agent will supersede any, you know, social media presence. I mean, I think, I, yeah, I don't think social media matters as much as people think it does. I think it's all about getting on Spotlight and getting a good agent. They're the two main things that you want to focus on and just improving your, your craft. And but yeah, George T. Dawson on Twitter and Instagram. They're the, they're the main one. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the Nevers podcast. This episode of the Nevers Podcast was written, researched, produced, and edited by Matthew Yamanashi at Culture Inject Studios. The intro and outro music was produced by Jilirme Morais. We are more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on the Nevers and chat with other fans by visiting hbothenevers.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search HBO The Nevers, all one word, and click that follow button. The Nevers podcast is not endorsed by Mutant Enemy, Warner Media Entertainment, or any of its subsidiaries, including Home Box Office, HBO, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. The Nevers and all names, pictures, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective copyright holders. 